welcome everybody to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. As always, I'm one half the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am joined on the podcast by my co-host, Jacob Dunn. Jacob, how's it going? How was your week five, uh, you know, starts, sits, tilts? How was your, how did your week five go in fantasy? I lost a bet, Kevin. I lost the bet. All right. If you recall last week, I had Jalen Hurts as one of my sneaky sits. All right. He was quarterback three going into that week. And I said, you know, I predict he's going to Carolina that he's going to finish somewhere in the low end quarterback one range. Well, my neighbor, AKA Jimmy Fresh, he texted me and said, there's no way that Jalen finishes outside the top five. So I said, you want to make a bet? So we bet that if he finishes at top eight or later, you know, like top eight or worse, then I win the bet. Uh, and then he has to come over. He has to watch my kids. He has to buy me beer. And if he wins the bet, if it's top seven or better, then I have to shout him out. So here's your shout out because he finished as quarterback seven. All right. He had seven total fantasy points going into the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden he rips off two rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's Jalen Hurts for you. It's yeah. insane. I mean, he can he can have the worst game for you and then just make up for it at the last second. He's not a good quarterback, but he's an amazing fantasy quarterback. So kudos to you, James. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hey, I, uh, you know, you look like a good call going into that because Carolina's defense is legitimate. I think if yeah. they would have uh, game script kind of flipped on a little bit, if they would have just been able to ride that game out, there's no reason why the Eagles should have won that game. Uh, there was just none. Uh, and yeah, no, yeah. I, I – you know, Jalen Hurts, he's just uh, he's a fantasy. He keeps giving out there good good yeah. performances for his guys. Um, I love him in redraft again in dynasty. Yeah, you know, be very careful out there. Right. Um, right. But hey, on today's show, we're going to cover the recent news. Uh, we're going to break down some things and go over it. And we're going to get you ready for week six, like always. Uh, going to do a couple different segments today and get you started and ready for week six. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, as always on the show, we always like to start off the show and just podcast with the guys that we had some reactions for that stood out or disappointed. Uh, I'm just going to keep bringing this guy up every every week just because it, it's my right to do so. And that's Mike Williams, wide receiver two on the on the year, uh, wide receiver two, I mean, on the week, last week. Uh, he's a top five wide receiver this year. He had 36 fantasy points. Uh, he would have probably been wide receiver one again, but Devontae Adams went the De- De- Devontae Adams went berserk. Uh, right. and so he 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 definitely took that top spot. Hey, but Mike Williams has looked amazing. Uh, I love everything that I've seen from him. And when you look at like what he what he is, like and I and I tweeted out earlier uh, this week, and I got some people mad at me that are LaVisca Chanel truthers. <laughs> you know, going into the season, you had a choice, really. They were both, I think, ADP 49 and 50, either take Mike Williams or LaVisca. People took Visca because of that upside that everybody likes to talk about. But like you know, me personally, a lot of the guys took Mike Williams. And when you look at the, that was the right choice. You know, Mike Williams is now a top five wide receiver right now. And LaVisca, I think, is is low in 40s, 50s, somewhere in that range. Right. And just based on the targets, I mean, Mike Williams already has 51 targets this year, uh, which is absurd. He had 16 targets last game against Cleveland. He had 165 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and you're laughing to the bank with, with him. And, yeah. and he scored a touchdown in every game this season except for week four against Vegas. And he's had two games where he had two touchdowns. And in my opinion, those are the type of guys that win you leagues. And he, he's doing that. Both teams I have him on, I'm 5-0. and So that is just kind of the reality of, uh, of fantasy. And sometimes it's fluky. But when you look at what he had, he has the best quarterback in that scenario between him and Visca. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, we haven't talked about Justin Herbert a lot on this show, but he's a top five guy. And he is that good of a, of a quarterback. And that system's great. Eckler, all those things. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely love the Chargers. But Mike Williams, shout out to him. Uh, he, you're probably doing very well if you if you drafted him on your team. And you could have got him and Debo. So you're looking at two guys in the top eight that if you could have on your roster. That's insane. Yeah, I am eating crow. I was staying far <laughs> away from Mike Williams because he just had that injury history. But just I always fair. said if he could just stay healthy, that dude is a beast, man. He was a beast at Clemson. He was a beast coming out. It's just he can't stay healthy. But he's staying healthy, man. He is proving me wrong. And, man, he – and like you said, Kevin, everyone who has him is laughing to the bank. So I love it. Um, so a player that stood out to me is Mark Andrews. Oh, my gosh, 41.7 fantasy points last night. A lot of people either won their week or lost their week because of him and along with all the other Ravens. But Mark Andrews caught 11 of 13 targets for 147 yards and two tutties in Monday night's win over the Colts. 
He went into Monday night's game with zero touchdowns on the season. So this breakout game came at the perfect time for fantasy managers and the Ravens. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews just reminded all of us last week why he was a top five tight end selection on draft day. And if you have him, keep enjoying that. Yeah, no, I think, hey, listen, I had some bad beats yesterday. I'll be honest. I was going against Mark Andrews. I actually, oh. in one league, I was up 75 and I was going against Mark Andrews. I was going against Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson. Oh, no. And I just got destroyed. <laughs> and in another league, I was going against Marquise Brown and Andrews. And I had Lamar, but it didn't matter because those two guys just completely went off. Right. Uh, yeah, I had some bad beats. I'm sure a lot of guys out there had some bad beats about this. Uh, yeah. I saw some people getting very upset about that. But hey, that happens, man. That's just the, the nature of the beast. And I actually won a league where Zach Pascal, you know, he cut that one ball right at the end of the yep. end of the game. Uh, we won a, by one point in a league, and I co-owned a man. So this happens. Like, that's just fantasy. It. But I'm, I'm happy for Mark time. Andrews. Hey, I'm happy for Andrews, too. And you know what? Andrews isn't touchdown dependent. Like, I hate no. that argument with him. He is a legitimate option, and he's out there. And uh, they're throwing the ball. And look at what, yeah. you know, the Lamar can't throw crowd is very, very quiet right very now. Quiet. Um, he, he looks very good. He's very consistent. Mm-hmm. And I saw a crazy stat. I think they had 424, 425 total yards last night, and Lamar accounted for 404 of them. Yes. That is insane. <laughs> That is just his total yards. His total yards on the season are more than a bunch of NFL teams together. So it's, yeah. it's he's having an unreal season. Hey, and you know what? I talked about Lamar being a sleeper this year in redraft when we did our uh, our mock draft. I said, yes. hey, Lamar is a very, you know, where he's falling, he's a good guy. So yeah. it's good to see him go. Um, we're going to stick with the Ravens for me for disappointment. And the only reason why I'm disappointed in this is because I think people gave really bad advice when they said to go pick up Tyson Williams. Uh, and to, I think a lot of people actually blew their fab on Tyson Williams, to be honest. Like a lot of people went out there to grab him after all the injuries. He has not looked great. Obviously, he was a scratch against Denver when you went to the game. Uh, he in Indianapolis, he had four attempts, six yards. He had nothing, two, two targets, 15 yards. He had basically, when you're looking at his yeah. points, four points, you know, 4.1 points. Uh, that's just a bad match. I, I don't really want anything in that backfield now because Lamar, like we just yeah. mentioned, is the guy. And then you're looking at a running back by committee. He's getting ter- carries taken away from Latavius Murray. I think Tyson Williams was a mistake from the beginning, and we kind of fell in love with that offense and that rushing offense. And we yeah. really f- failed to account that he's just not that great of a player. So I think to me, it's a disappointment. I don't have him. I never picked him up anywhere because I didn't want to waste the money on him. Um, but that's one of mine. Yeah, I just feel like the Baltimore Ravens are just going to go through this cycle of inactivating one running back, whether that's yeah. Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman. And it wouldn't surprise me if Latavius Murray was inactive next week. I mean, this is just, this is just a situation that you just want to avoid Kevin. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, my next player who had, who disappointed me last week and is just disappointing the whole entire season is Brandon Ayuk. All right. He was wide receiver 79 last week with 5.2 fantasy points. He caught two of four targets for 32 yards against Arizona. Granted, the 49ers only threw 28 times, but the fact that he only got four targets in a game where Kittle was out is very concerning. All right, Debo saw nine targets, and Ayuk tied with fullback. Yes, fullback Kyle Juszczyk with four targets. All right, Brandon Ayuk's talent is unquestionable. All right, Kevin, you and I were pounding the table for him. All right, and there were a lot of analysts out there who saw last season's production and who who knows that he is a talent and said that he is a value in round seven or eight, even though he had that injury coming into the season, all right? But he just can't be trusted in any of your fantasy lineups until we see San Francisco prioritizing getting Ayuk the ball. So, you know, if you have him, I'm holding on to him at least until after the bye week to see if they change up the game plan. But until then, I mean, I don't blame you if you drop him, but I would hold on for dear life and wait one more week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's reality too, right? Like I, you, I mean I'm a big fan of Trey Lance, but that system, there's a lot going on in 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 San Francisco that they're having issues with. That line is okay. I think they've been dealing with that. Um, The new system, Jimmy Trey, all that kind of stuff going in there. Like I think realistically, when we look at these guys, Debo's the guy now. Debo's the alpha, and maybe Ayuk was a system of like all those guys were injured last year, and he kind of popped out. And I think maybe we got to kind of bring back his floor a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he's been a disappointment. He definitely has, especially with his, you know, 
beginning of the year, all that kind of stuff. That's a problem. So, all right, let's go into our waiver wire ads. Let's talk about waivers. Waivers get a little, getting a little better. I think there's some, there's some guys out here on this waiver wire ad, and I think you can kind of get some of these guys. So, uh, Jacob, give us your first guy, a guy that we should be targeting on waivers out there that you think could actually make an impact. All right, I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony of the New York Giants. All right, he. Tony has 22 targets over his last two games since entering the starting lineup. All right. Tony has Tony hauled in 10 of 13 targets for 189 yards last week against Dallas. He full on broke out. Yeah. All right. He did suffer an ankle injury, but head coach Joe judge ruled out it being a significant one, you know? So I say, even if he misses one week, Tony showed enough explosiveness and quickness and agility over the past two games to force his way into the Giants weekly game plan. All right. Therefore, you should add the rookie wide receiver in all 12 plus team leagues, especially if you're desperate for a wide out. I think he's well worth the stash, even if he misses one week, you know, like maybe you can get him for the cheap, but I would add Tony everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy we're talking about Tony, huh? Like it's it's one of those things. It, it's it's nuts that we're uh, actually mentioning him and going through him because analytics analytics Twitter told me he was dead. Like analytics <laughs> Twitter told me right. that he was never going to be good. And and it's funny how they're going that about on this. I think that Tony's what you mentioned. They have those injuries. So again, like I use what you just talked about. I think that he's elevating his play. They got to throw it to somebody. Um, and Galladay is not the answer. We're going to talk about him in a little while. But I, I like that pick. I mean, when you realistically look at what they're going to now, who's going to be throwing in the ball? You know, that's, good that's the key. I, I think, you know, you got to be a little maybe temper expectations there a little bit. Um, but he's going to get the targets, right? Like when you're looking at right. it, he probably he should get the targets. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that idea. Um, I'm going to stay with the, the Giants on mine. Devontae Bur- Booker is someone who I think he's owned about 7% of leagues that, that I've found. I think with Barkley, that ankle, I don't that ankle is bad. He's gonna miss two to four weeks. So someone's gotta get the usage there. And based on week five usage, they already have a clear alternative. It's gonna be Booker when he signed there. He played 60 of 68 saps. He had 16 carries and four targets. And he didn't have the most efficient day, but hey, he scored two touchdowns. And I think that's what Booker does. I think that with uh if that offense is full strength, if we can get Danny Dimes back, I don't know why I call him Dimes. He's not Danny Dimes. Danny Jones back. <laughs> um, I think if full strength, Booker could ride volume to running back too, right? Like he's just gonna get the volume. So if you think he's gonna get the volume and he's gonna be that guy, I like Booker in that in that scenario. And even in like 2020, when he, he was when he was obviously he, he played for a different team, but when you know he played there with the Raiders and he had those different groups and you different groups, and and you know the Booker really well from yep. Denver. Um, he, you know, he puts up numbers. He, you know, I had a, a game of 21 last year, 12, uh, seven, you know, which isn't great, but you know, solid, safe floor there. I think he can do the right. same thing in PPR format. So I like Booker as a play, especially if you need him there. I mean, he put up 20 fantasy points last week. Right. This is similar to Damien Williams of last week, you know, like the starting running back goes down. You yes. pick up yeah. the next man up with volume. All right. Booker is strictly a volume play. Like you said, he might be inefficient at times but you want that you want that running back who's getting the touches so i i do think i i do think that that booker is a solid is a solid ad this week um yeah it's all about volume right we always right. talk about that it's volume absolutely very safe floor uh, my next ad here is for <clears throat> you guys in the deeper leagues and you guys in the 12 team leagues who just want to take a risk here and that's rashad bateman all right there was optimism about Bateman playing in Monday's game, but ultimately the Ravens wanted to give him one more week of practice reps. All right. The former 2021 first round pick has a chance to make noise as soon as he gets on the field because Lamar Jackson, believe it or not, is averaging 33.4 pass attempts per game so far. So there should be plenty of targets to go around once Bateman returns. And Lamar has been throwing a ton of short passes because that's his game. All right. He will throw the long ball every now and every now and then but he loves the short passes and bateman is a short pass specialist all right so this bodes very well for bateman's skill set so if you have room at the end of your bench especially in ppr formats i would stash the 21 year old bateman and see if he can carve out a significant role early in that baltimore offense yeah, I like that call. I like Bateman. I think that the, the question mark is, I think, that we have to discuss about Marquise Brown. Is he a wide receiver sure. one? Low end wide Do you think so? Do you think he can keep up that volume? Or is it Bateman going to come in and split that? So I still see Hollywood Brown. He earned that nickname back. I still see Hollywood yeah. as, like, 
a high-end wide receiver two. I don't see him as a wide receiver one overall in, or like, you know, like as a wide receiver one play in fantasy each week, but I do see him as a high-end wide receiver two, which means that the targets should keep coming for him. I see him getting anywhere between six and 10 targets per game, if not more. But, But with Lamar throwing a lot more because he has no running backs behind him, you know, like that just bodes well for, more yeah. players to step up and get catches because as we've seen, Kevin, Devin Duvernay is getting a lot of targets. All right. And you know, and Sammy Watkins isn't dead yet. You know, he's still getting targets. So if a talent like Bateman can be mixed into that role, it's going to be Hollywood Brown as the alpha and then Bateman as the one B. So I really like Bateman as a stash. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's there. I, I just, you know, shout out to Marquise Brown. I'd like Marquise. I oh, think yeah. that he's done well. I think the improvement of improvement of Lamar in the passing area. And I also think that they've had to throw more because that rushing attack hasn't been great because all those injuries. Right. So I think we've seen a, a good flow here of that. So, yeah, no, good, good call there. Uh, another guy that I'm going to go out with, I'm just going to stay with running backs here because running backs right now are kind of, they're, they're hard to come by. Uh, they're, and especially with all the injuries that we've seen. I'm going to go Darrell Williams from Kansas City. Yeah. He, he's on eighteen percent of uh, of there, but we saw Ceh. He's out. They, I believe, they put him on the IR today. Yep. Uh, and to, so you know, he's going to be out three weeks, probably more than that. They they talked about not wanting to rush him back. Right. So when you look at what he does, so Edwards Hilaire was running back twenty two and thirteen games last year. Kind of disappointment there. We've seen that this year, not so great. But you know, when you look, I think this is kind of similar to Damian Williams, right? In terms of Daryl yes. Williams popping in, lead back. Can he get to that that number that you'd like to see? I think he can. And I think he can get – I think he has a very safe floor. I, I think mm-hmm. realistically, if you plug Williams in a lineup, you're looking at, what, 12 fantasy points probably, give yeah. or take. I would say somewhere in there. And if he yeah. scores a touchdown and gets a goal line, he's going to get the usage. Again, follow the usage. And the usage for me is going to be Darrell Williams. Kansas City needs a win, and I, I think they're going to get them more involved. I think you can see that system getting more involved. Uh, they're not doing what they need to do, but I do see them getting the studies. And 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 you really can't use last game because the Bills jumped out to what, like a thirty-one thirteen lead. Yeah, I was asleep. I was I was tired. It was late. <laughs> it was late back then. But you look at that, like yeah, he didn't have that many carries because the snaps that he had. But that's because the game script got screwed up there. So I could see him. I could see him going there. And you know, he saw five targets last week and he scored two touchdowns in the previous three games too so Darrell Williams is a threat so I like Darrell Williams I think if you can be out there if you need a if you need a running back help I think Darrell Williams is a great pick let me ask you Kevin if you had the number one waiver priority or you had all this fab and needed a running back let's say you're a Saquon Barkley manager would you pick up Devontae Booker or Darrell Williams I pick up Booker because I think they're going to lean on Booker more. I think he'll get the usage in the running game and the attack. And if if Daniel Jones is still hurt, they're definitely going to lean on him more. Uh, whereas Daryl's kind of that he's an outlet for Mahomes, but you know that they're going to throw the ball. They're going to get Hill involved more. I think Booker could legitimately be what with all the injuries on the Giants, the second best weapon, maybe sure. third somewhere sure. around there. Like so, give me Booker just because I think he gets the usage up there more. And I, the Kansas City's offense is hard to judge. That's one of the reasons why I was out on Ch before the. It wasn't about really yeah. Ch as a player. It was yeah. just Ch the weapons that are around there. Um, and I didn't know if he was going to get the usage that you saw. And I, and I, I mean, again, I didn't think he was that great of a player. But I, same thing with me with Williams. I think he's a riskier play, so I, I would go to the safer play with Booker. So you give me something to think about because I am a Barkley manager and I was thinking I'm going to get Daryl just because he's on a better offense and Booker is inefficient at times. But like you said, I mean, it's it's an unpredictable Kansas City offense right now. And they're kind of they don't they don't have a true identity right now. Like they seem like they just don't know what they're doing or like what they want to do, which is so confusing. So I can easily see like Jarek McKinnon splitting reps right down the middle with Daryl Williams and even probably taking over if he shows out, you know, like Daryl Williams has been getting a lot of touches, yeah. um, you know, and I heard a stat today that Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon and CH were all rotating in that Buffalo uh, in that Buffalo game. So like there was no clear lead back, even though CEH started the game. So there is no guarantee that even when CEH gets healthy, that he's the top dog there anymore. You know, it looks like they're, they're still trying to figure it out. And Andy Reid's going to take this time to see, okay, is Daryl Williams the guy or is Jarek McKinnon the guy? So there is some, there is, there is some questions in Kansas city. Like you said, Kevin, whereas Devonta Booker, he's going right into the starting role and rolling right into 20 plus touches. So that is a lot safer. And you've convinced me, Kevin, I'm going to pick up Booker. 
Okay, well, I hope I don't let you down. But no, I agree. I just think that I think he's a safer play. I just think he's going to get the usage. And I actually like Devontae Booker as a runner. Like, I think he's better than Darrell Williams. Would you agree that he's better? I think so, yes. Even though Booker is is inefficient at times, I think he's a lot more talented than than uh, than Daryl. I think that Daryl is a good complementary piece to the lead back, but not a lead back. I've always liked Booger, like you said. Yeah. Like I liked him as like I think he can be a stand back back there where you're yeah. like, hey, you're gonna miss Barkley, obviously, but I don't think it's gonna yeah. be as big of a big of a difference there. But all right, so we're gonna try a new segment, and for everybody listening out there, we usually go through sneaky start sets. We're still gonna do that, but I did want to kind of brief. We're now in week six, and I think this is the time that we're kind of in or out on players, players that we're sticking out. You know, hey, these are the guys that we think we can rely on, and guys that we don't think we can. And I, we're just going to go through some and just kind of go through there. And I, I like what Jacob put down. I want to talk about this guy. So let's talk about Allen Robinson. Let's let's get into yes. Allen. Uh, we he has been awful this season. Uh, that is not yep. something that I think people need to need to know, especially if you're an Allen Robinson manager. He's got you know the most points uh, that he scored in PPR formats is ten, and that was the second week, and that's just because he scored a touchdown. He yeah. hasn't caught for more than sixty three yards right. uh, receptions. He had six the first game, and then nothing else after that. Are you still in on on Robinson? Or are you out? I am completely out the door. See okay. you later. Bye. I'm slamming the door shut. I mean, as you said, he his season high is sixty three yards, and he was only used last game just to move the chains. I mean, he had thirty two yards last week. You know. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am out. If you have them in a redraft league, I know it's hard to drop them. So maybe hold on to him if you have like five spots on your bench, but there is no way that you can trade him for peanuts right now. And you know what, if you can trade him for peanuts, go ahead. Just because I, uh, I, I am sick of being burned by him every week. It's rough out there, right? It like it, it's rough with him. I think that that offense is is adjusting. They use Damian a lot more than I thought, which is good for Damian Williams managers out there. Right. Mooney seemed to get some targets as well, but that the passing offense is going to be a flux, especially with a rookie quarterback. As much as I like Fields, um, I agree with you too. I, I think I think he's a he's a declining asset in dynasty. Uh, that you got to hope sign somewhere and you can either get rid of him or you trust the process with him. Right. Uh, but then, you know, you're looking at these guys. Yeah. I, again, Allen Robinson, I agree in redraft right now. I'm not dropping the guy cause it's Allen Robinson, but you have to really start considering like, is it worth it to have in a roster spot? Depending on how, right. how, how it is. I probably do one more week and then see. And then when you're looking at his, Hey, he's got, uh, you know, some tough games cut up green Bay. That's an okay matchup. I say it's about, I, I would probably at a three star or five stars, but about three like, in terms of like, he should do okay against Green Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay, though, that's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, Tampa Bay should be there. I, I know their corners are a little banged up right now. But, again, how are they going to do there? San Francisco, again, like, it doesn't have a he doesn't have negative games coming sure. up, but he doesn't have, have positive games. It's kind of in the middle. So, will they be able to elevate that offense? I think that's what I get most concerned about. Right. Uh, all right. So, Allen Robinson, we're both kind of out on. Uh, we're, we're, we're worried about him there. Uh, the guy that I kind of wanted to bring up is LaVisca Chenault. Mm. And I wanted to talk about him. And just, you know, it's weird because when Chark went down, everybody kind of had that expectation that LaVisca was going to be that guy. And it's not yeah. like, and and so again, against Cincinnati and Chark goes down, he had six catches for seven targets, 99 yards. And he looked all a bit like, hey, this guy is going to be that guy, right? He's going to be here. He had 17 PPR points. People were saying, hey, now he's going to get the usage. And then against Tennessee, we see him have three targets for one catch for 58 yards, which was a long catch. Uh, that kind of right. saved some people. He had six points for fantasy purposes, but that's not enough if you're going to start Allen Rock or, excuse me, LaVisca Chanel. Right. So, what do we do with LaVisca? I, you know, I've always been out on LaVisca. I've always thought he was over, overvalued and everything. Um, I still think in redraft, you hold because. There's not he's a he is either wide receiver one, I think, right? Marvin Jones can't it, Marvin Jones has been a disappointment as well. We don't need to right. talk about Marvin. I was high on Marvin, and now I realize that that I think Urban Meyer limits all these guys, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I was gonna say, man, the Jaguars don't know who they are, you know, like they yeah. don't know what they're doing, you know, even though Shark is out, LaVisca gets three targets in a game where they were trailing the whole time. This is unreal. And and Trevor Lawrence threw 33 times and still only passed the ball three times to Chenault. I honestly think that the Jaguars will see this as a, as like a policy failure on their part and uh, you know, and try to correct that next week and get him the ball more because they need to get the ball in, in their playmakers hands. But we've seen the emergence of James Robinson, you know, and, 
it's nice to see that Urban Meyer finally sees that James Robinson is the most talented back on on his roster, even though we all saw it the whole entire offseason, even though he said Carlos Hyde is going to split reps. Get out of here, Urban. Oh, my gosh. So, Chenault, I'm not dropping him. I'm not dropping him in half PPR or in PPR. And even in some standard leagues, I would hold him. I wouldn't think about starting him, but I would think about starting him in a PPR league only uh, if you're dealing with some bye weeks. Like Debo Samuel has a bye week next week, you know? And if you have Chanel on your bench, give him a shot and see if the Jaguars correct their mistakes, you know, and give him some more targets and even like some manufactured touches, you know, in the backfield, some screens. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to cut him outright, but I am disappointed. Like you said, Kevin, everyone pegged Visca as a wide receiver one. Like you said, he should be wide receiver one right now next to Marvin Jones, but both of, both of those guys are failing. This is just a weird Jags team, uh, but you know, I will say later, I do like Trevor Lawrence's matchup this week against the Dolphins, and I think that they get Visca more involved. So I think that next week will be a real test for Visca. I think he's a sneaky start this week because I think uh, you're going to be down. If you need to kind of fill in bye weeks are coming, I think with Miami being there. So mm-hmm. I'm still on the Visca train. I'm just not like in dynasty. I'm trading him this year. So like, if you have okay. him in dynasty, I truly believe that you need to get out of that area because I don't think him, I don't think his, his market value is ever going to exceed what it is this year. I don't see him being a wide receiver two, a wide receiver one. Um, I just don't do that. So that, that's kind of, that that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, yeah. all right, let's go to a couple other guys here. Let's look at and look at some. I know you wanted to talk about actually am interested about this one. What are you doing with T. Higgins, Jacob? All right, T. Higgins. All right, after missing weeks three and four with a shoulder injury, he saw seven targets last week. All right. He only had a modest game of 32 yards, but the targets are promising. All right. I am keeping him. There's no way that I am I, I don't think that anyone was thinking about cutting him per se, but I'm just saying, like, you know. I am still in on him as as a low-end wide receiver to the rest of season. I think that after he is fully over his shoulder injury, he's going to be more integrated into the offensive plan. You know, it's going to be Jamar Chase is the 1A and T Higgins is 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 the 1B in this pass-happy Bengals offense, which is a great place to be because the Bengals will find themselves down in a lot of games moving forward. Um so I like him, and I think that this is the cheapest that you can acquire T. Higgins because I expect eight to ten targets a game moving forward the rest of the way. Okay, interesting. I, you, so you really think – do you think T. and Jamar's talent levels are very close then, A1, A1, B? You know, you wouldn't think that because of Jamar Chase exploding right now, but it's because T. Higgins has been, has been out of the lineup. You know, like Jamar Chase did explode with Higgins coming back last week for sure. And I think that Jamar Chase is real and he is an every week wide receiver too. But I do think that Higgins can sneak into that low end wide receiver too as well. So I don't, T Higgins is much taller than Chase. So I think once the Bengals get into the red zone, uh, then it's going to be Higgins that Burrow looks to instead of Chase, because Chase has been the benefactor of a lot of deep shots. Uh, just because that's his game. But if the Bengals get close to the red zone, it's going to be Higgins' time. So um, I think they'll be more even throughout throughout the whole season instead of like this, like, okay, it's all Chase, and then Higgins gets scrapped later. So yeah, that's okay. where I'm at. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, on T. Higgins versus Chase, Kevin? I don't mind Higgins, but I think Chase is a clear, like, dynasty one wide receiver. Like, I think he could be in the yeah. top five before the season goes. And so, like, the way I look at it is Higgins is a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two, and yeah. Chase is that wide receiver one. And I think that there's a connection between Burrow and Chase. Like, that's a real thing. They played in college. Yeah. They have that connection there. And you see it on those deep balls. Like, they have that language there. And I also question, like, how good Joe Burrow is. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not a guy that, like, I think, I think yeah. Burrow is a QB two-ish, right? Like, I don't necessarily think burrow as like a he's not a herbert right he's not that type of a quarterback so i i you know i question that i'll be honest like that is one thing i do question there um but you know i I think i think i'm still in higgins because he's a talent and they're going to throw the ball a lot and you see that with the game scripts and everything there so no i agree i'm still on higgins i still on him in dynasty i just think we got to temper expectations because i think last year he got elevated based on injuries based on everything that was there aj green those type of things and just like we've been talking about um, all right, let's go through a couple more, and then we'll get to our start sits. Uh, Miles Sanders, man, I am—I cannot be any further out than I already am on Miles mm. Sanders. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought he was a value coming into the season just because of, you know, shit. He was going in the fourth or fifth round in some yeah. drafts. And I figured, Hey, if he's your running back two or running back three, that's a legit value. Like to me, Sanders was a perfect target. If you went running back in the first round and then hit wide receiver heavy, you right. could get him as your running back too, but he just hasn't done it. Right. Like he just has not looked on the, they're not getting involved in the offense hurt. Um, Jalen hurts, hurts him. Like, you know, yeah. that was, I, I tried to be there. So he hurts, hurts him. <laughs> and the reason why is just because of his, because of his rushing upside and everything there. I mean, he did okay last week. He had 10 points in fantasy more than he had before. But again, he got, he got targets, but that was the weirdest line ever. Five receptions, five targets, six yards. Oh man. I've, never, I, I've just never seen that before. And, and then he had 45 yards rushing, which he had 11 attempts there. So it's a little bit better, but he's playing Tampa Bay next week. And even though Miles Gaskin just destroyed him, I don't know if, if uh, Sanders can do that. No. Las Vegas got a tougher no. defense. Detroit, you know, that's an okay matchup for them. And the Chargers, Denver, who who is sneaky, pretty good at D. You know, they have a pretty good defensive squad. Like, yeah. I just see that schedule and I'm out. Like, I, I don't think he's startable, is he? No, absolutely not. Uh, I would trade him for anything you can get. You know, if you can flip him for Damian Harris or some sort of obscure back like that, I would go for it. I mean, he is not startable. And like you said, he faces the Buccaneers next week. Yikes. There is no way. Um, you know, I think that Miles Gaskin's performance last week was such an outlier just because just because the Dolphins had all their wideouts were hurt. You know, like Will yeah. Fuller's hurt. Devontae Parker's hurt. So all they had was Waddle, you know, Waddle and Jasicki. But but it's like, apart from that, you know, Jacoby Brissett isn't a great passer. So so it's like Miles Gaskin's open every single time. And that's yeah. the only how that you can move the ball on the Bucks is if you, you know, like pass, pass, you know, like short passes or just like pass in general because they're stopping every single runner that comes up the middle. So, you know, I think I... I don't see Miles Sanders turning it around. And eventually this is going to be Kenny Gainwell's job. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but um, you know, Sanders, he still looks good out there, but it's just that he's not doing anything when he gets the ball. You know, I know that's kind of counterintuitive. That doesn't make sense, but uh, Philadelphia is not putting him in opportunities to succeed. Um, And Until they do or something changes or there's a quarterback change, you know, and like they have to rely on him more. Uh, I'm benching Sanders everywhere. I, I am with you, Kevin. I'm out. Yeah, no, I'm out on that. Uh, I, I'm just out there. And then uh, let's talk about you. You pick. You can talk about Brandon Ayuk or Javante Williams. Who do you want to talk about? Or you can talk about both briefly if you like. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be quick. I'm So Brandon Ayuk. All right. Going back to the well here or should I say I yuck, you know, he's <laughs> wide receiver 83 on the season and averaging three targets a game. You know, as much as I want to, I'm not giving up on him. Like I said earlier, there is a bye week coming up and Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are two and three. All right. They got to switch things up. So perhaps they prioritize getting the ball to Ayuk more. As you said, as you said, Kevin, Debo is the alpha there. He is the wide receiver one, but perhaps yeah. they give Ayuk at least six to seven targets a game and let him do something with the ball because he is still a talent. Okay. Uh, and then really quick on Javante Williams. All right. He has been extremely efficient. All right. He rushed eight times for 61 yards. All right. He had over seven yards per carry last week and he caught all of his targets for 25 yards. Now he split time evenly with Melvin Gordon, but Javante has been the m- much more efficient runner. Uh, so, Next week, I think they're both startable as flex options as they travel to uh, – <laughs> I was going to say they travel to Oakland, but they face a Raiders defense surrendering 133.3 yards per game. So they'll both be good, but I think that this week is the, la- is the last week that you can get Javante Williams on the cheap, all right? You should grab him on the cheap from a manager who's been expecting him to break out or, or Melvin to get hurt and just get him on the cheap and stash him until, you know, A, the Broncos give Javante the whole backfield, which he absolutely deserves, or Melvin gets hurt. And just as a reminder, Melvin Gordon has never had a fully healthy season in his whole career, and he's been playing for about seven years now. So, you know, I don't want to wish injury on any player, but he hasn't stayed healthy his whole career, 
and he's 28 years old. So, uh, so I would go out and acquire Javante. I'm still, I am still in on him 100%. Okay. No, I, I, I agree with, I agree with both of those guys there. Um, I'll just mention, I'm going to talk about AJ Brown later. So I'll mention him later. Uh, okay. Kenny Galladay though. I'm, I'm as far out as you can throw my ass. I'm out. Like, out. especially with that injury with Eddie's having, uh, if Tony's doing better than you, I don't know what to tell you, but you, yeah. you can't, you stand, you can't start Kenny Galladay anymore. It's just, it's just not worth it. All right, let's go to starts and sits. And so, as always, we always try to bring up like sneaky start sits, guys that we we would definitely like stay away from. It's gonna be a little shorter this year, this this episode, just because we talked about kind of guys that we should either be on or out uh, to help help you there. But uh, for one, let's start with quarterbacks. Mine is Derek Carr, and I'm sitting him this week against the Broncos. Uh, Bronco at Broncos at Denver. You know that environment well. Uh, rivalry game, obviously. They, they've always had tough games against there. I like that Broncos defense. I think, hey, you know, you, you guys, you suckers got Sertan, and he is <sighs> – he yeah. is legit. He was one of the best. Patrick Sands is one of the best cornerbacks in that class, and I, I love him. I, I love that we have him there. I'm happy with Parsons, but I would have loved Sertan at that spot, yeah. uh, especially to pair with Diggs. I think those two guys would have been amazing together. Mm. Uh, but you know what? I, I can see Derek Carr trying to force the issue. The Raiders have a lot of problems this week, if you've been yeah. watching the news. Yeah. Uh, John Gruden, definitely he's not there anymore. Maybe they lean. Like, we don't really know what to expect from this this offense this week. Right. And so for me, I think he's my QB twenty in terms of my rankings this week. So I'm staying away from Derek Carr. I would pivot to somewhere else just until we see what this offense looks like, and, and until he plays a team that isn't the Broncos at home. And the Broncos need to win, so they're going to come out ready to go. Yeah, man, the Gruden distraction is real, and yeah, traveling to Denver is tough. So I'm with you there. I'm sitting Carr everywhere. Uh, my sneaky start this week at quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. All right. Last week, he completed 23 of 33 passes for 273 yards and a touchdown, along with 28 yards on the ground for another score. All right. He's, he, has, he has a rushing score in two weeks straight. Not only do I predict that Lawrence will have a solid fantasy day against the Miami Dolphins giving up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but I think he earns his first career win at home this week. What do you think about Ooh. that, Kevin? I like I like that. I like that. I, yeah. I, I think I, I like the goal call. You know, I think that Miami's a perfect spot to do this. Yes. Lawrence has got to cut on the turnovers. They got to lean on them a little bit. I think yeah. that I think he could, but I like this. I like this idea. I'm gonna have to start him because I have Russell Wilson in a lot of leagues, and Ooh. obviously he's out. But I also have yeah. Lawrence in a couple of those leagues, so I'll be rolling with him. I, I do yeah. think that I, I agree. I think they get him involved. Like we said, I think Visca and Lawrence have a good game. Uh, I think yeah. those two guys, these guys, do well. All right, let's pivot to running backs. Uh, to mine, you know, my my start this week, so one of the guys that I write, I like Chase Edmonds this week. And, again, we're talking, you know, we're talking sneaky, and we're talking guy that's pretty much like, hey, he's had a pretty good year when you look at what Chase Edmonds has been able to do. Uh, it, it was funny. I made a joke recently that, and it was 100% truth. I did do it. Uh, I started uh, James Conner with confidence, and I never thought – <laughs> in 2021 that I would start James Conner with confidence, but I did. And you know what? He's running back twenty. He's running back 26 right now. Right. But even then with those touchdowns that he's had, he's someone that you can kind of rely on, but Edmonds is right there in PPR format. He's running back 18. And that's exactly what you should have expected from Edmonds. To be honest, if you were right. drafting him, he's probably running back two or three, more likely three for some people. But if you went zero running back, you saw that he didn't have a great game against San Francisco. I do think Cleveland has a good defense, but the reason why I put him on this is because I think he's going to get targeted a lot out of the backfield. So I think mm -hmm. I could see him getting like like he did against uh, Jacksonville, eight targets, and he'll have those targets out of that backfield. So I can see that. I'm expecting like a 14, 13-point game from him, solid running back two slash three numbers. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I think that he's a good, a good start this week because I think the targets. And I kind of would pivot away from Connor this week against that Cleveland defense. I know that the, I know that the Chargers just went – ape against them but the chargers <laughs> offense right. is a little different format especially yeah. with what they had i know murray's great i know those receiving crews are great eckler's a lot better than both of these guys so i i didn't know i would dim my hopes up for connor but i think edmonds is a sneaky play yeah i agree um i know that edmonds does have a bit of a hamstring issue uh that's so it, yeah so health permitting he's gonna get a lot more opportunity this week like you said and i can definitely see him getting six to seven catches um so yeah. i like that play uh, my start of the week at running back is Damian Williams. All right. I think he is a sneaky start, even though, you know, uh, last week he rushed 16 times for 65 yards and had a touchdown. And that was in his first start of the season last week. All right. So he also added two catches for 20 yards. All right. We love volume here. And Damian Williams is getting a ton of volume. 
All right. And the bears all of a sudden have a very run heavy scheme. All right. Because even backup running back Khalil Herbert got a bunch of touches too, you know, and took that for about um, 70 plus yards. So I see Damian Williams this week getting 90 plus um, scrimmage yards. uh, And I think he finds the end zone again, you know, making him a mid range RB two for you. Yeah, no, I think, you know, Damian Williams is the type of guy you can just plug in and be, I think you're comfortable with that. Right. Like I really do, especially if he's like your flex, especially with bye weeks uh, I like that, especially with what you're having there. I've always liked Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams is a solid runner. Uh, and you saw that last week. And K- Khalil Herbert, listen, listen, guys. Okay, I'm going to talk to you guys about Herbert real quick. Uh-huh. I- I've watched Herbert. I've watched Herbert and Debbie. He's okay. But there's nothing that screams like running back one. He's going to take the Lord from Damian Williams. It's just not going to happen. Herbert's very limited in certain aspects. He's not very fast. Doesn't very. He's not very explosive. I saw someone say he's explosive. He's not explosive. He's there. He does a good job. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a fine running back, but Damian Williams is just as good, if not better than him. And you don't need to be, you don't need to be concerned with Khalil Herbert. The only thing you need to concern is Williams gets hurt. That's the only thing. If, if Williams stays healthy, right. he's a running back too with usage, just like Damian Montgomery. And that's just kind of how they work there. Um, my next guy, I'm going out of the limit wide receiver. I'm taking OBJ, baby. Okay, OBJ, and this is, again, sneaky start sits. We're going to talk about it. Like, hey, it's it's there. Uh-huh. I know that he hasn't been great. I know that. But based on last week where the Chargers gave up all of those yards and everything, I think Baker threw for however many yards it was, 240, whatever it was, 300 maybe or something. It was a crazy number. Yeah. I have to look it up. And Odell only had 20 yards, and he only got three targets. I have a feeling that they're going to make it a point to kind of use Odell in different ways of the game script and try to get him the ball early. I still think they want him a part of this team. They got to try to keep him happy the best they can. He gives them a chance over the top. Arizona is a sneaky good matchup for them because I think this could be a high scoring game again. And I'm all about OBJ this week. I think that if you need to start somebody based on what your roster looks like and where it's at, I don't mind putting OBJ in your starting lineup as a flex. I was a little bit surprised by this pick after what I, I know saw you're out. I know I, you're out. I know. Well, well, I'm just saying, you know, like he got he, he only got three targets last week in a game where the Browns put up 42 points. He only got 20 yes. yards. So I know I was just I was about to be like, oh, this is a sit. Oh, it's a start. So you are banking on a bounce back week. You know, like you want like you think you think that the Browns want him to be happy. So they're just going to force feed him the ball. Right. I think they're going to get him more involved, yes. So I think that the targets will be there. Now, will he be a breakout? Maybe not. But I think that you can look at six catches, 66 yards, and maybe he gets in the the end zone. And then that'll be be good. I don't know why I just did 6-6-6-6 there. But just 6-66 and a touchdown, uh, we'll see. Maybe he's going to make a deal with the devil and and go back to old, old OBJ. Uh, But I think – that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to quickly say he's going to get eight catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Let's just up it up. 777. Uh, That's what it was. It was like seven, 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 seven. But I think he could be in there. I think they're going to get him more yeah. involved in targets. And, and there is something to say to that. Like they want to want him to get more involved. Uh, yeah. I understand that Baker's shoulder thing is a legit concern. They do run the ball, but I think they got to get OBJ involved in this game script. He's a big part of their team. Whether people like it or not, he is a big part of their team. Easier matchup, like you said, against Arizona versus the San Diego or yes. <laughs> versus the Los Angeles Chargers for sure. Yes. Um, all right. So my guy I am sitting this week is Adam Thielen. All right. One of the most overused fantasy names out there is hooked on a Thielen. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you have that as your team name, if you're out there, but I digress. I apologize. Um, the 31 year old struggled for the second week in a row. All right. He failed to hit 50 yards or score a touchdown after totaling four scores in his previous three games, or, or in his previous three games. All right, Cousins has been locked onto Justin Jefferson, leaving Thielen out in the cold. All right, I'm not fully panicking on Thielen, but I also don't expect a rebound this week. All right, he travels to Carolina to face a Panthers defense, allowing the fourth least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers. For me, he's a lock to finish outside the top 24 this week. He is probably going to be in that mid-range wide receiver three in that in that wide receiver three range for me just based on upside but i don't see him bouncing back this week okay no no i hey i thielen is one of those guys that's weird like he doesn't have a couple good games and he'll pop out for those three touchdowns you're like oh of course you started adam thielen and i get it but that carolina matchup scares me the most so if you can pivot yeah. a little bit i mean the carolina match that defense that secondary is really good. Um, if Gilmore gets there, I think Gilmore can play this week, right? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. I so. think he can. So if he gets involved too, like there's some question marks there with, with what Gilmore can do. Uh, but Hey, you know what? I'm staying away a little bit from that. So I, I don't disagree. I still think it depends on roster options there, but no Jefferson hey, and Jefferson's a legit wide receiver one. Like, Oh yeah. He's, he's, he he's is so easily, good. I mean, right now he's playing better than CD and as a CD guy, I can say that he's playing right. better than CD right now. CD's great, but you know, he's getting the targets that you want to see in that offense. So uh, I agree there. Now let's talk about a tight end that is just absolutely terrible right now. That's Robert Tanyan. Yuck. Tanyan, Tanyan, whatever the hell your name is. No, whatever. Tight end 32. Come on, Robert. You are yeah. killing my team. So a couple of them, like he has not looked great. He has not gotten the targets that you'd want to see from a, from a tight end of his caliber. No. Uh, and, or even last year. I mean, I think he was touchdown dependent. We knew that. But not getting some of the targets that you've seen. I mean, he got seven against Pittsburgh, but he's just really not doing anything with them, right? He's nope. not catching the ball. You're not seeing him. I'm still, I'm still putting him as a start. This is again sneaky starts. This is a really sneaky here against the Bears, where I think the Bears can be susceptible to their tight ends. When you're looking at what they've done in the past, I think that pass rush can be big. So I think Rodgers can try to get it out as fast as he can. I like his matchups and his matchup this week. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go start and I'm going to see how he does this week. And again, right. against Chicago last year, he did. Okay. He scored a touchdown in the last game of the year. He's going another touchdown. The first time he played Chicago, he had 67 yards in the first game. That's kind of his coming out thing. And he's been efficient. And that's what the biggest thing, if he can be efficient, that's fine. Um, I know we talked about, you know, Randall Cobb being there and that kind of changes the target situation for him, but I do think he can be efficient in Chicago and I expect him to score a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that that is a very very bold take just because he's been struggling so hard this week. So, you know, if you can't if if he doesn't perform this week, I mean, I think he's a for sure cut candidate. So, I like that pick. Um so my if next you haven't pick, cut him already. If you haven't if you cut haven't. him already, I would start him. Because I, I would agree that, that he might be cut on your team. But you never know. We, we, we talk about everything here. Dynasty team a little deeper. You oh, might sure. start Robert Tanya. Yeah, I mean, he's 3,800 on DraftKings right now. So, I mean, if you're right, Kevin, I mean, that's that would bottom be of the barrel. Split. Someone right. calls it that. I'm not sure who calls it that, but bottom of the barrel, Robert yeah. Tanyan should be on that list. Shout out. That's right. All right. So, um, my tight end start of the week is Hunter Henry. All right. He go or he's at home versus your Dallas Cowboys, Kevin. Last week, he turned eight targets into six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. All right. And this week, he has a fantastic matchup against a Cowboys defense, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends on the season. I think he is a low end tight end one play for me this week. And I think that, you know, you talked about this earlier on Twitter, Kevin, but the Patriots need to unleash Mac Jones a little bit more. And uh, I, I think that Bill Belichick is feeling more comfortable with him in his offensive scheme, you know, like at first it was very tentative. They were running a lot, but as the season has progressed, Mac Jones has gotten better. So hopefully that means more targets for everyone, you know, yeah. Myers, Aguilar, Johnny Smith. But I think this benefits Hunter Henry the most. I think that Henry is the most reliable target on that team. So I would start him with confidence this week. All right. Yeah. No, I, Listen, as a Dallas fan, I understand the tight end situation there. Uh, they, they Even Evan Ingram got a couple catches last week. Evan Ingram came out of nowhere. Uh, right. he, he's alive. So I do oh. agree. I think that we can be susceptible there, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially with that offense. I think they do a good job with their tight ends. You can see him scoring a touchdown. I think you really yeah. – I don't want to say he's touchdown dependent, but you like to see him get an end zone. Uh, sure. We haven't talked about John New Smith on this, but damn it, John New, you are not – you are – I picked the wrong tight end to go after in, in fantasy leagues. Well, you just figured that Bill – was going to use him as he used Aaron, you know, Aaron, yeah. you know, as like, as like a halfback tight end hybrid. No, he's not really using him. So it's, you know, you know, it's disappointing for sure. It's very disappointing. All right, let's move on. Let's go to defenses real quick. Um, it's funny that you said that about Hunter Henry. I'm starting Dallas Cowboys against New England, and that's because okay. of digs and all the turnovers that they can have. I do think that they can they can pressure Mac Jones. I think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't. If Damian Harris is hurt, he said he's okay. Ramondi right. Stevenson is not great. Bolden's not great. Like those guys that are in there that they're going to bring in. I think Dallas' defense is a good play this week, especially because how conservative New England's being. This could be a low scoring game in terms of that. I know if they have to turn it now, if they have to actually press and really go with Mac Jones, you can maybe see a turnover here, maybe a pick six, those type of things. So I do think Graham script matters here. If they try to keep it low, but Dallas scores a lot, like they've been doing, they're one of the top offenses in the league and they push it. Then new England's going to have to open it up. If new England opened up, how is that going to look? I think that's mm -hmm. the question mark. Hmm. That's a good point. You know, I can Mac Jones handle 
having to go toe to toe with Dak. Yes. But the Cowboys offense hasn't been fantastic away from home. So I can see That's this being enough. a grinded out game, but that speaks to your point in that the Dallas defense could be a good play. And so could the Patriots. Like they both could, I would much rather start the Dallas Cowboys defense over the Patriots defense. Cause I don't want to start any yeah. defense facing Dak. <laughs> That's for sure. No, no. Or even that running attack. I mean, we're right. averaging 20 yards Zeke. rushing, you know, Zeke Pollard, those guys like give me that all day in terms of yeah. that. And, but I do think pick six is not out of the question mark. Yeah. Um, especially with that, that defensive line playing better in the pressure on Mac can Mac step up and be that. So, that's why I would just say Dallas is a sneaky play. Love it. Love it. So my start of the week, it's not so sneaky, but they are they are not rostered in a ton of leagues because they haven't been lighting the world on fire, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. All right. They they face the Houston Texans at home this week. Need I say more? Or no, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's not that the Colts defense, like I said, has been sensational, but I'm targeting all defenses facing Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. I know that Mills surprised us all at home last week, putting up 312 yards and three scores, but that will go down as, as his best game of his whole career. All right. Mills has to travel to Indy where I expect the Colts to hold this Texans team to 10 points or fewer. So I'm starting the Colts wherever I can. Okay. No, that's like Colts, man. They had a terrible game. Yeah, I felt bad for the Colts. I felt bad for the Colts, man. They they like good. All right. Let's uh let's go, let's let's go through this quick. Uh we always do dynasty panic meter and just to talk about guys. I'm gonna keep it to two guys. Well, I'll, I'll mention three, but two guys are really quick. AJ Brown for uh, uh to me, he's a buy right now. Okay. He sits at wide receiver 78. I understand that. He's only caught 10 passes this season for 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, and in fact, he hasn't actually, he's not caught any of his six targets over 15 yards downfield. That is the lowest rate for all players with at least five or more targets. So he's not looked great. I understand that. At the same time, I still think he's a top five dynasty asset. He has a great, an elite target share at 29%. Julio is still out. I think he's a great buy candidate right now. And this is what I was interested to see what you would say. So he got traded recently, AJ Brown for Stefan Diggs and a third. So, or no, AJ Brown and a third for Stefan Diggs. So you get AJ Brown plus a third round pick, which is whatever for Stefan Diggs. I still think in Dynasty, I'm going to lean Brown, especially with Diggs, right? Like Diggs hasn't really popped off this year. Right. He's done okay, but I would I'd probably lead Brown in that deal. Yeah, Diggs had the best season of his career last year, and that was the time to sell high. All yeah. right, like Diggs, like you said, he's just been average this year. So if you can flip Diggs for a 24-year-old beast who's just starting off slow and a third, that's fantastic. Yeah, I I personally have to AJ Brown, and I've gotten three offers, and they've all been garbage. And I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not selling AJ Brown worth nothing. Like, he is still my top three dynasty wide receivers moving forward. I'm keeping him. So that is a great buy-low candidate. Yeah, yeah, AJ Brown. Don't don't try to buy low on AJ Brown for me. I'm not selling, but exactly. I will say that somebody might. They they look at those numbers and they sure. they might be a little there. Uh, yeah. Taylor Heineke is a guy I'm going to talk about quick. If you have him in a super flex league, sell him now because I think with what you see, I want you guys to know that you know he, he had a rough outing against New Orleans. He had two interceptions. That schedule does not get any easier. They play Kansas City, and I know that defense hasn't been great, but it's still Kansas City. Then Green Bay, Denver, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. That's their next five games. You're looking at potentially Washington could potentially lose what one of four. I don't want to, I want, I don't want to give your Denver your Broncos a, a bad to call out there, but maybe they beat Denver. Cool. It's going to be a closer game. You never know that defense is better though. So right. I think right now is you're looking at him. He's not the long-term solution. He's 28 super flex. Go find the Russell Wilson manager and see if he needs a quarterback mm. and go sell him for a first. If you can, if not, mm. he's gone for assets like this. So if you have a second, He's gone for Dawson Knox, Jamal Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, Hunter Henry, Brandon Cooks, paired with a second. So you can get a second plus one of those guys for Taylor Heineke in a super flex league. I'm all about that right now. I think you sell them and you try to you try to gain that value. I like that a lot, especially given his age and he's not guaranteed a spot next year. I love that call. Yeah, and then the last guy I'll mention who I think is actually a sneaky buy, and we say this all the time, but it's actually Terrace Marshall Jr. from Carolina. Okay. Uh-huh. Not the greatest start of the season, but I think that's where you have to kind of look at it. I think he's had 20 targets this year, hasn't had that pop-out game yet. So this is still the time to get in there and go look. If a team is 4-2 and two but needs something, or 4-1, and one, excuse me, 3-2, whatever it is, and they need that extra piece, you might be able to get Terrace Marshall as a throw-in in a deal and say, hey, I like him over the top, and you can kind of, you can kind of get him there. 
I love that comment. 21 years old, six foot three. He's a beast. And sometime during the season, as Marshall gets more comfortable, he's going to get targeted more. So yeah, I'm definitely after this, Kevin, I'm going to go out and float some offers, maybe like some third round picks for him. Hopefully they bite. <laughs> you can get something for him. I think uh, you, you're still buying there and you just something yeah. like, Hey, you know, if, if you can get like a pick, with Marshall back for like Brandon cooks or some of these other guys that maybe a little lower level assets that you, maybe you're rebuilding or whatever. I still think Terrace Marshall is an easy buy there. So let's jump into your streamers. Cause uh, that's always important. We always like to hear your streamers on this. Uh, who are your two guys that you feel like could be that guy this week? All right, Kevin, for my streamers in week six, I got Taylor Heineke versus the Kansas city chiefs. All right. He's rostered in 26% of sleeper and 16% of Yahoo. Yes. He struggled. Last week against New Orleans, he failed to record a touchdown for the first time this season, but he added 40 yards on the ground, so he always has that safe floor. He now has 83 yards rushing over his last two games, all right? This week, he welcomes a very generous Kansas City Chiefs defense, giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. I expect Taylor Heineke, along with Scary Terry, to bounce back in a big way this Sunday. All right, so for all of you Russell Wilson managers out there, I would give Taylor Heineke a long look in a tremendous matchup where he's going to have to throw and run a lot to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I think he's great value on DraftKings at 5,800. My second streamer of the week is tough to say out loud because I never thought I would put him here, but it's Carson Wentz. All right, he <laughs> welcomes in... He welcomes in the Houston Texans, all right? He's rostered in 22% of sleeper and 15% on Yahoo. So I guarantee you he's probably available in your league. So if you need a quarterback, I would look for him because, you know, I know it's hard to trust Wentz, but he was impressive last last Monday night against a tough Baltimore Ravens defense, all right? He threw 402 yards and two tutties. And I'm willing to roll the dice in a favorable matchup at home against the Houston Texans. All right, Wentz showed solid rapport with Pittman and Paris Campbell. And he has a safe floor throwing screens to JT. All right, we know that JT can take any any catch to the house. All right, so there is a threat of the Colts getting up big early and possibly benching West or possibly benching Wentz, but I believe that the Colts will put Wentz in a position, uh, you know, to ball out the whole game so that his confidence can raise because we all know that his confidence is scary low, but it, it, it is rising every single week just because he's having success every single week. And he has Michael Pittman to throw to, which is fantastic. All right. So I would fire up Carson Wentz as a top 20 option this week. Oh, I, I like that. I think that's I think that's a legitimate option. I think that with Houston, you have that, right? So I right. think that they can have that. Wentz has been okay. Um, they need this win really bad. Like, yeah. this is one of those games that they need to use. Wentz has got to be good. It's just I, – I just – I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for Wentz. He's just not – ever know. since that injury, he's just not the same guy. And it's I just know. one of those things. And, and Philly really ruined him. Uh, Philly really ruined they him. They did. There. They did. It's a tough scene. Yeah, so all right, let's go in our locks and we'll get out of here. So well, my lock is Jonathan Taylor for that reason. I think that they has a great matchup with Houston. Uh, I just wish Frank Reich would use him more and better. And, like, there is no reason to see Jonathan Taylor take a 70-yard screen for a touchdown and then put Marlon Mack in and give him the whole series. Like, I just – it drives me crazy, but I still think he's a lock this week to finish as running back one, top five guy against Houston. Who's your guy? I like that. My guy is Austin Eckler at the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Last week, Eckler carried the ball 17 times for 66 yards and two scores while adding five catches for 53 yards and another score. All right. The 200 pound running back is unstoppable right now. This week, Eckler faces a Baltimore defense, giving up the sixth most fantasy points to running backs on the season and fresh off of giving up 169 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns to your boy JT last week. So fire up Eckler as a top five option at running back this week. I like that. Uh, Eckler has been amazing, right? Oh, and man. Eckler was everything that we thought he was going to be last year. And I think yes. he's a value in terms of what he has. I love him in that offense, even though he doesn't always have to get the targets. He's still rushing the ball and they're doing a good oh. job. And they talked about that too. His coach is one of the best coaches in the, in the NFL already. Brandon Staley's mm-hmm. amazing job. Uh, and I do, I do appreciate that. All right. Well, Hey, what do you got coming out this week? You got anything, Jacob? Man, I just got my 
rankings article coming out every Thursday. So if you guys want to follow me at ain't done yet and done is spelled D-U-N-N-E, I would love for you to follow me and just, you know, ask, ask any questions. Yeah, you can ask us questions, follow us there. You can find me at the boys underscore 22 as always. And as always, we appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Make sure you hit that um, subscribe button. And also, if you're on the podcast, leave us a five-star rating. Tell us how we're doing, what's going on there. And until next time, we'll see you guys later.